Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's VSIN, the sports betting network, as we welcome you in. I'm Patrick Maher, Dustin Sweetelson, and we're excited. Jonathan Von Tobel is back throwing steel. Week zero has nothing on my man as he's getting ready. We say, what's up to the boys? Hi, Jonathan. How are you? I'm good. You know, you guys were over complimentary of me yesterday and uh, my looks. So it actually. There's two ways you can go. You can go, oh, I look different, and thus I can maybe take it easy. But I went the other direction. It was like, oh, dear God, they talked it up so much that there's no way that I can regress in any way, shape, or form. So I went hard again today. So I'm feeling good, but I am very hungry. (laughs) You know what you look like? You look like Grant Hill circa 1999-2000 with the Pistons teal. You remember that color? Yeah, 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 for sure. That was probably the worst color scheme of all time. And this will be a good time to say hi to Dustin as the big guy is maneuvering behind the glass. What the hell are you doing? I don't see a handle on this chair to lower it. I was informed by Dakota and the crew that I'm sitting too high, but I don't see anywhere, any way to lower the chair. Like I went to college. I barely graduated college. I should be able to figure this out. I think instead of lowering the chair, I'm just going to raise the camera. Or the roof. Ayo, Dakota, the crew, Sean, welcome in. Three hours ahead of us, not two. As JBT, when he first sat in on Sharp Money, he said, I thought the show was oh, yeah. two hours. Thanks for watching. Uh, we've got plenty to do. It's actually a bummer. We only get two days with Jonathan, so we've got a ton that we didn't get to yesterday. I want to talk soccer and messy. Actually, a note that Jonathan sent over, it warmed my heart. I want to get a better perspective on UNLV, not just as a school football wise, but as a program athletically, we'll get that from Jonathan. He's got a model. Dustin got involved in a contest yesterday. JVT is going to use his model in his contest this year. We'll talk modeling and contests coming up on the show as well. We've got a quarterback QB one in Tampa. I don't know if you boys saw it. I wrote this down for you, JVT. There was a fight today in Colts camp, which I'm sure you saw. And before you leave, I'd like for you to explain in layman's term, the James Harden situation in Philadelphia, (laughs) because I continue to get more confused. The more I read about it, let's start here. 
Ding dong, the streak is over. A field goal late for the Commanders, and it's a winner last night. Uh, goes over the posted total. Of course, this number closed. What did it close, Jonathan? One with Baltimore laying it? That's the last number I saw. I'll get you an official number here in a second. Yeah, I think it closed one. There, there's a, a lot to unpack here. I, I'll do this. I'll give you my eyeball test, sir, and then you feel free to come over the top with analytics. Now, Sam Howell, I should pro- provide context. It was mostly against the Ravens' second and third stringers. Uh, but, he, dude, he looked poised, boys. I mean, this is a guy that got one start last year, a fifth rounder out of North Carolina. We know the story. His freshman year was awesome. Lost some talent offensively. Sophomore year took a bit of a step back, uh, but he looks the part of a quarterback. I, I, these are This is what I wrote down. Looks poised, looks the part, stronger arm than I thought, goes through the progressions well, saw the field, again, stretched it. If you look at the numbers, when he did stretch it out a little bit, he was accurate. Um, so let's start there with the quarterback. Cause that is the question coming into the year. Six and a half on the season win total with the commanders and a winner. 29, 28 goes over the posted total of 38. And of course, cover the one, Jonathan. I, I, I think that you can say he looked good. You know, I, I won't do the well, actually thing with the statistics and the metrics. You know, he graded out really well by PFF standards. Some of the throws that you were talking about, Patrick, he went six and nine on throws, 10 to 19 yards downfield. Uh, a threw one touchdown on one of those attempts, only committed one turnover worthy play, and that was on a deep shot downfield, 20 more yards down. So I thought he looked really solid. Now, as we talk about with all of these games against a Ravens squad that was clearly playing with, you know, we'll call it the B minus C lister guys. Uh, What does it really mean entirely? We don't know. But as we talk about the preseason, at the very least, what you want to see from guys is that they don't look terrible. And and like, that's at least a very good starting point. And I thought Howell looked really good for the setting yesterday and the numbers would back that up. And I think not looking terrible in a brand new system, also a feather in his cap, because this is Biennemi. The Turner system was a bunch of dink and dumping. That is gone. Biennemi comes in. Biennemi's a different dude. And he looks comfortable. You know, something else that jumped out at me. Remember, we've got two games, Jonathan, coming up on Thursday, and you've got three more on Friday. When talking about the preseason, this game in particular, Rivera kind of pulled the okey-doke, kept on saying limited, 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 and you saw the starters for a half. I don't think you're going to start to see the starters as much the next game, obviously, but this one, it did feel like that we used to call it the, what we call it in the preseason, like the audition or t- setting the table. This one felt like it as the commander's starters played a whole half year. The dress rehearsal game, right? That's what we used That's to call it, it uh, the preseason, the, the, the week three. Yep. Uh, by the way, I mean, was it Sam Cosme? I thought we didn't care about these preseason. The they, were ce- they were celebrating like they won the Super Bowl last night. And yet we're sitting here talking before the game, like, oh, who gives a bleep about the winning streak? Clearly you do, because you went out there and did everything you possibly could to win the game. So I thought it was kind of weird, to your point, like every bit of like noise coming out of Washington was like, oh, you know, who cares? And then they go out, play a full half, and celebrate like they won a playoff game. Uh, I thought it was insane watching that yesterday. I thought I was watching a regular season game for them. It was nuts. Okay. But here's what I will say to that. How about, did you guys see the comments from John Harbaugh after the game? Oh. So obviously the streak 24. Harbaugh comes in and he's super composed. He's a professional dude. And he's like, yeah, you know, you didn't really think much of the streak. And he was like, obviously the game meant a lot to them. <laughs> well, hold on now, John. He was blitzing on that last drive. I was sitting there watching the game. I'm like, are the Baltimore Ravens again? It's second and third stringers or third stringers at that point, but they're going all out at the end of the game. So obviously it meant something to both teams, hopefully a little bit of a rivalry with new ownership there. And that brings us to 
Dustin, I want to get your thoughts on Howell in the game, but that brings us to, I didn't watch, I did not watch what everybody was posting on social with Josh Harris in the booth with Aikman and Buck, because that type of stuff makes me feel so uncomfortable that I just immediately, I don't even watch the clip. So I didn't see it. We should start here. There is a vibe. There could be, there could, now the mitigation of home field is legit, Jonathan, in in the NFL and college, but that was as good of a home field advantage the commanders have seen in years. And it was a preseason game. Uh, yeah, it was. I'm sorry. I Googled Josh Harris. I didn't know what you were talking about. And the awkward oh, you moment. Didn't see that was, it? No, I didn't see it at all. Um, yeah, it's a little weird. Just Me assuming neither. the open hand, it's like for a handshake. That's awesome. <laughs> well, people said he was hammered. I know Dustin has analyzed it like the Zabruder film. People said he was hammered in the booth. And again, he's a dude from the DMV that with his boys, bought his team he grew up watching for $6 million. He also owns the Devils, and he owns the 76ers, I believe. So this is a dude that has a pretty wide portfolio. For those that missed it, he got up in the booth, and he went for a handshake. Apparently, (laughs) that wasn't there. Dustin, you're dying because you saw it. It wasn't that he went for a handshake. It already been well established that we were like, minutes into the conversation. Right. Like we'd moved on from s- salutation saying hello to each other. Like we were, we were way past this. And then while doing play by play, Joe Buck's hand is like left open near him. And Josh Harris assumes he was looking for a high five and just goes in there. And in the Ugh. moment I went, did that really just happen? Like, there's no way, like, I'm crazy that that just happened. And sure enough, you get on Twitter and you see it. And then I see in the replay, Troy Aikman had to look away because he started laughing at it. It was so awkward. Yeah, the, the best part, too, is you could tell mid-grasp that he realizes, like, oh, this isn't a handshake and, it's and totally gives up on it. Oh, that's incredible. And by the, this also speaks to being so filthy rich. You have no idea how to socially interact with no people. Cues, right? So, like, you're so rich and you don't really interact with the common folk. And isn't it crazy that Joe Buck is considered common folk for Harris that he has no idea how to interact with them and thinks that, hey, this is the time that you dap people up in a social setting. Not really the case. <laughs> All I know is the comments were so wild that I didn't click on the eight second clip because awkwardness, awkwardness makes me feel very uncomfortable. So I just turned away, but I, but again, the new ownership group is something that also could kind of empty the tank a little bit. There's been so much going on off the field for the commanders. Um, There's going to be a new name. I assume you agree with me here, Jonathan, next year, they'll completely rebrand. They've got to get a new stadium. Uh, but again, six and a half on the team. This is the seventh different starter week one for the commander slash Redskins oh. in seven seasons. The only team to beat that out, as you know, would be, I think it's eight straight for the Colts. Oh yeah, baby. Um, Congratulations. You're right. I appreciate it. Hopefully this is the last year. Uh, hopefully we get a, a consecutive starting uh, quarterback in week one next season. Um, yes. Am I the only one? So I'll, I'll tug on your soccer heartstrings. I'm kind of down with Washington football team. Like, you know, like Washington FC. Oh, yeah, I think Bro. that's actually kind of a solid name. And the unis were, I, were good, too. I can't believe they came off of it. Right. I thought you can be the football team for the globe. Yeah. Meaning when, to, when new people start to get involved from the sport in India, they go to the football team because it's so benign and basic. And I actually just love the way it rolled. And for you just nailed it. For those that are into football, which is a global sport, you know, calling something a football team. That's awesome. Yep. Like, I love the branding of football team. I think I think I remember you, Dustin, not so into it. It just was a little awkward, a little clunky to me. I mean, I it grew on you like me the over Commanders. Time. No, no, the Commanders sounds like XFL. No, the Commander. The, the only reason why football team grew on me is because Commanders is worse. 
makes no sense. I just don't know why we have to be an animal of some sort. Like, can we? If they're gonna go somewhere, they got to pick well, something good. But you have the history of like the hogs. Like, I thought that made sense. Like something involving the yeah. pigs. I, I don't know. I, that, I, I the Washington swine. Yeah, I, yeah so, that's good. Bacon bits. I yeah. don't know. I, I feel like I feel like a good mascot would be something like, like something not alive, like the Washington fog. Like that'd be kind of cool. The fog's kind of cool. Yeah. Washington the, cherry yeah. blossoms. Yeah. What they're known for. WFT. That was it. Yep. And I agree with you. I thought the unis, I thought it was slick looking. I thought there was awesome opportunities to brand to a wider market. Um, but again, there's some juice. That place had become a graveyard. Sure. A team that when I was growing up was right there with the Cowboys and other franchises that were just absolute monsters has been relegated to nothing because of Daniel Snyder. Hopefully Harris, even if he's awkward, he is standing on the sideline. He's into it. Hopefully he infuses something into a proud franchise. We get a name change from the commanders, which is whack in a new stadium. When we return, there's something to look out for week one against the Cardinals for the commanders wide receiver wise. And I have a season long prop on one of the big dogs outside. I'll run it by Jonathan next. We're just getting started. Sharp money. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast. To start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, 
the Sports Betting Network. Okay, power ratings, picks, previews, predictions, pros, and become a VEASAN Pro subscriber. Get an all-access pass to our betting tools, betting splits, and 2023 college football and NFL betting guides. Both the college football betting guides and our NFL guide will have you ready to turn a profit on the gridiron this year. The only way to get the guides and everything we have to offer is to become a VEASAN Pro subscriber, and you can do exactly that at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. And I should say... How about a great job by Brent Musburger and Billy Walters with the interview, which aired right before we came on here on VSIN on Sharp Money? Just two legends getting together. The clip social put up. It's kind of one of those things where, and, and you know this, uh, Jonathan Von Tobel, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. When I got involved in betting when I was young, like the one thing everybody steered me away from, the people that I listened to, were teasers, obviously, and parlays. And Brent asked, Uh, Billy Walters about betting teasers and parlays, which is very popular. And I'm not going to tell people not to do it. It's something you can get involved in. If you want, feel free. But he asked him about it. And I I don't know if you saw the clip, but Walters gave an awesome specific reason as to why maybe don't do those. And what I mean by those is teasers and parlays predominantly. No, I, I, it was first off, I retweeted it. So I I did watch the clip. I'm a company man. Um, And it look, Generally, when it comes to the teasers, especially, I think what we were talking about the other day with the mega teasers, um, you know, I put in yeah. a few myself where it's like a 10 team teaser. You put in like 10 teams or 10 legs and let's see, uh, let's get a little crazy. Um, but no, generally, as we talk about, right, the, the longer the parlay, the less value there is going to be in some of those. You know, I think you can argue that when it comes to teasers, Patrick, you know, those long teasers where you're teasing through two key numbers sure. are always going to be popular and a little bit more valuable. But at the same time, Books are coming around on those, and you're paying more and more and more. You know, the six-point teasers used to be for a two-teamer minus 120. Now we're talking about places charging a buck 45. And so that that's really kind of gotten sucked out of it in terms of the value. You're lucky if you can find a place that's only charging a buck 25. I think Circus still does it. A couple of others are still at a dollar 30, but that does taint the value of a six-point Stanford or you know, a long teaser in that you're paying a lot more for it than you used to back in the day. Yeah, and NFL teases are much more prominent and better. And mm. you can speak on this, but pros are much more um, apt to bet them. Back in the day, it was taboo. It, 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 even even when you weren't paying, you know, dollar fifteen, dollar twenty. Even when you weren't paying the dollar forty five, as you just mentioned, when it was closer to dollar fifteen, dollar twenty, it still was a bit tabooish. Now, nobody, no pro is going to recommend you bet a tease in college football, but they're much more prevalent in the NFL. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, because those numbers are so tight, right? So if you can get you move six points and get through two key numbers, seven and three generally, then you're you're talking about which should be a ton of value. Now, at the beginning of last year, I don't know how much you guys tracked this. The long teasers kind of got their faces kicked in. It didn't really do too well. But as the season went along, it started to progress and work really well. But those are usually pretty valuable if you can get through those two key numbers. But overall teasers, when you're talking about just teasing totals or adding long legs, everything like that, that's where you get to the space that I think Billy Walters was talking about where there's they lack value. Dakota, can we throw up that graphic? Because I didn't realize that this was a special we're running, the Bill Billy Walters graphic. You can sign up and become a VEASAN Pro right now, get an annual subscription, and you get a copy of his book for free, which just dropped today. Wow, that's pretty cool. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. It's vcin.com slash subscribe. As a random note, is it available on Audible? Because I'll be walking, listening to Billy, if that's an option, which I will download later. Dustin, do you know that? Can I get this on Audible? Mm, I don't know yet. Let me look into that. Does it count Does it count as you read it if you listen to it? Oh, yeah. That is, you're parsing me. Come on. I, I, I do read every once in a while, but I do I listen because I take... 
do you do you listen to audible at all you're probably too busy with the kids i actually no. i've never I, i'm a big podcast guy but i've never actually listened to a book before it's available it's, on audible who, i'm who gonna get it, it as soon it. as the show ends um so there is an issue I, I think a lot of and we're gonna get into the contest talk coming up in just a bit with the boys uh in the survivor contest which we're entering as a show just to kind of keep some content going over at circa they do a great job promoting um I know week one, Washington over Arizona, Jonathan is going to be a very popular play, but just be careful here. Terry McLaurin looks like he's iffy mm. or questionable for week one with turf toe and turf toe. As you know, this is news coming out right before the show. I saw it a turf toe, as you know, can linger. That brings me to Jahan Dotson. Okay. And we talked about him a little bit yesterday. He's obviously wide receiver two over Curtis Samuel at this point. And he only played 12 games last year, 35 receptions. He did have seven touchdowns, which is well over. I think three was expected. So there's a little variance there as far as the touchdown receptions. But if you dig into Jahan Dotson, who is, he's not a big receiver out of Penn state, but he is a stud. His contested catch rate was 19th highest. So he's going to be good with those 50, 50 balls. He was 14th highest as far as average depth of target. So he's going to stretch the field. You saw the enemy and you saw Howell stretch the field last night. I think they're going to do that a little bit more than Turner with the dink and dunk. He's 700 and a half on receiving yards. If McLaurin misses any time, which he could potentially, I just told you about the turf toe and he becomes targeted more and more, which you saw when he was available last year, just 12 games. Dotson was awesome. An average of 15 on his catches. I like this kid and I like him to go over the 700 and a half receiving yards last year in 12 games, 523 receiving yards for an average of 15. Yeah. I, I mean, I would not hate it given the explosiveness, right? When you're talking about all those metrics, you brought up 15 yards per reception. The fact that you only catch 35 balls and still get seven touchdowns, the guy's pretty explosive. So I don't think I would poke any holes. And I guess what you would do is if you're looking at the other side, the question would just be again, what we've talked about since yesterday, the guy who who's getting him the ball. Now there are receivers who are, uh, what's the word, like resistant to the quarterback that they play with, right? Like no matter what, that they're always going to provide some sort of production, no matter who's throwing them the ball, even if it's somebody terrible, like a you know, whatever, Colt McCoy, we'll, we'll use it as an example because they're playing with Arizona. But I, I think overall it would make some sense, especially if he is going to miss some time. Uh, I think I'd be interested too. Does he keep up the touchdown rate as well? Because if that's going to be there, then over on a touchdown season long prop would be, I think, in play as well, Patrick. It would kind of correlate to you if he's going to have a high, route of tar a high amount of targets. But I wouldn't say no to it at this point for sure. So you brought up the quarterback. And, boys, you were both under the six and a half yesterday on the Commanders. They went eight, eight, and one. I believe the tie was against your Giants, big guy. And they yeah. struggled late. But, I mean, it was Wentz and Taylor Heineke. Like, I just, the expectations for this team, the division is brutal. And obviously you have the Eagles and the Cowboys expectations are 11, 12 plus wins. Okay. So the division, I trust me, I understand division is brutal and the giants made the postseason last year. I, I don't know. I just, it's almost chase young in a contract year. Cause they didn't pick up it's sweat. It's that defensive front with the Alabama boys, the linebacker, the kid got better last year that they drafted a year before in the first round, his name slipping my mind. And I think Emmanuel Forbes is going to help in the secondary. I just think the team's better. And I think the defense is going to keep them in a lot of games. Go ahead, big guy. Can I make your case for you? Because there, there, there's been yeah. something happening on this show. So first of all, let's start with the NFC East. There hasn't been a back-to-back -back NFC East champ since 0304 Philadelphia. Uh, so there's a chance they regress. Also, they had a ton of health last year. Like they were a very healthy team playing a very easy schedule. A lot of things went Philly's way. I'm not saying that they're not good, 
And I'm not saying they're not the class of the NFC. I'm just saying in a a 17-game season, a lot needs to go right, and everything happened to go right for Philadelphia a year ago. Also in the the division, Giants have a very tough schedule. I think they're going to be better, but their record could actually be worse than a year ago. And then the Cowboys, you get rid of Kellen Moore. Mike McCarthy is the donkiest donk of all the donks leading Dallas. So for as talented as they are, there are questions. And then that brings me to the Washington Commanders and Sam Howell. I don't try to, I, no one cares less about the preseason than me. Like, I think it's mostly irrelevant. Everybody knows that. However, and also everyone knows there's a quarterback out there that I can't stand. And everyone's energy for Desmond Ritter and the Atlanta Falcons, bear with me, everyone's energy for that team because he has these weapons is that they're going to win their division. Well, I think the weapons that Sam Howell has in Washington are better than those in Atlanta. And, oh, by the way, he has a much better defense. I think that the energy I'm hearing for Desmond Ritter needs to be matched and projected towards Sam Howell as well, based on the fact that it's less about them, more about the situation and the weapons they have. Jonathan? Uh, I think my rebuttal will be two parts. First off, uh, Desmond Ritter was a higher draft pick, so I think that's where the the hype comes from, at least in terms of people believing him. Howell's a better talent. Though. If you were to pick right now to start your season, you'd take Howell over Ritter. You would, Jonathan. Oh, okay, I guess I would. I, I want to answer the question. I guess I would. <laughs> You wouldn't. You would take. I'm, I'm not being facetious. Forced, you're forcing you me to pick between the two. Yes. Yes. I, I'll I'll go with Ritter because I think I like the okay. athletic upside a little bit more. Oh. Okay. But again, you're giving me two choices that I don't want. So like, Dust is making this face like I'm the, all full throated in. The best thing Howell has going for him is he hasn't exposed himself to being as bad as Ritter. Sure. I mean, but he's also. I mean, in the time, the small sample size we've seen, he's also a sack man. Like he takes a ton of sacks. Does not get rid of the ball enough. Like all of that kind of stuff. I would just say really quickly that Ritter's a higher price think a higher drafted guy so maybe that's where the belief comes from also it's not a good comparison because that division stinks in the nfc south Fair. and i think that's why people would expect it it's a lower bar to clear to win that division as opposed to what howell would have to do with washington ritter fan club i didn't realize it we uh, waited. I, I, i'm pretty sure uh, what my third kid's gonna be not down i'm gonna scratch out jalen <laughs> and i'll name him desmond right yeah Congrats, congratulations Dustin will never meet that kid. He has a hatred for Desmond Ritter. Like, I can't, I, I don't know where it's coming from. It's unbelievable. Hey, let's talk contest next and modeling. You'll see. Sharp money. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN. The Sports Betting Network. Okay, throughout the NFL preseason, the VSIN experts are busy evaluating every team to give you the betting edge. Our updated NFL betting guide is due out later this month. It's coming up, and we're going to help you get ahead of this upcoming NFL season. We get picks from every on air host, team specific preseason analysis, also how to use the VSIN betting splits, very important, and football contest strategies. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today for as low as $19 and get your copy of the guide or take advantage of our football season special and get access to everything we do through the Super Bowl for only $199. You can sign up. It's vcin.com slash subscribe. That's vcin.com slash subscribe. Jonathan Von Tobel, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. This is Sharp Money as we welcome you in. Week zero, I dug a little bit more into uh, Navy Notre Dame, and I'd like to discuss that with you boys coming up in just a little bit. We have a couple other games we're going to tackle from week zero. Some breaking news or news in general Looks like we have QB1 down in Tampa, Jonathan. 
one preseason game to go. Bulls said, nah, let's do it now. Baker Mayfield is going to be your starter, which is interesting because Trask actually played very well his last time out. But Baker, the former number one overall pick in 18, is going to be your starter. Reaction here? Uh, I, I kind of don't get it in the sense that I thought starting Kyle Trask was a win-win in, in that if you start him and he's great, then maybe you have a young quarterback on your hands that you can develop. Correct. And if you start him and he's terrible, you could put yourself in position to maybe draft one of the top guys in this draft. And if things go well slash terribly, uh, maybe a shot at Caleb Williams at the top of the draft. So I'm kind of surprised. Like I figured they'd go the Texans route. You know, last year, Davis Mills, I didn't think many of us thought that he was going to be the guy, but roll him out for 17 games and see what you have in him. And they ultimately realized like, nah, it's not good enough. Let's go get CJ Stroud. I kind of thought that was going to be it. And to your point too, I mean, the last game, against New York, 20 to 28. PFF passing grade of 78 through a touchdown. Also committed a turnover-worthy play, but had some good throws downfield. Like, it wasn't awful. I'm somewhat surprised given that you kind of know what Baker Mayfield is at this point right now as a quarterback. You don't know what Kyle Trask is. Your logic makes way too much sense. You use equity, which is a draft pick on Trask. Why not figure it out? You know Baker's not going to be the guy. You don't have a great roster. In fact, I think it's lofty at six and a half for the season win total. Yes, I understand the division, but big guy, it only makes sense. Now, this comes down to philosophy. Some franchises totally understand the concept of quote unquote tanking, which, and then some live on pride. And it looks like Tampa Bay is going into this thinking they have a shot maybe because of that weak division. I mean, you might as well preheat the oven and set the timer because Baker's about to bake down in Tampa. Like, oh, stop look, it. look, here's the problem. Was your best work? Here's the problem. Todd, Todd Bowles is a guy who can't afford to stink because nobody really wants him, right? Like, he can't afford a full rebuild because he will not be the head coach that benefits from that early pick. They will be so quick to bail on Todd Bowles, the least charismatic head coach of our lifetime. I don't even think it's a debate. He might be a defensive genius, but this is a weird situation for a team that's not expected to really compete like this is the worst spot you can be in you're a team that's not going to compete but you think you are that is a terrible place to be in the nfl yeah i mean i think maybe the division does make you feel like you have to and i would argue i would argue too like Skill position is not terrible. Defense by any stretch is not terrible. Not terrible. So, you know, in a in a division where realistically eight to nine wins can pay, probably give it to you, maybe you convince yourself that starting the veteran would get you there. But again, kind of like you're like you're going to be stuck in purgatory. Like, okay, what if you slug through this season, everything hits well, you go nine and eight, and then congratulations, you get eliminated by Team X in the first round. I, I just, I'm not sure what the real upside is, but I understand the upside of trying to see what the young guy is and then falling into a terrible, you know, into a top pick, or they're playing 70 chess and Trask has actually been so much better than Baker Mayfield. They're like, we can't afford to start him and win games. We've got to put Mayfield in. Bear, hold on, bear, bear with, hold, bear <laughs> with me. So. Bear, bear with me in fantasy land here. Just, just take a trip with me. Like pop a gummy. Let, let's, let's dream for a moment. Right. Ooh, I'm in. Is, is there a scenario? What Patrick reach for? Where? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Wait, why is he not in camera all of a sudden? Uh, where Baker Mayfield, the guy we saw early in his career, out of what is just absolute drama and chaos of the Cleveland Browns organization that we saw on short notice pop for a moment with the Rams last year, enters a situation where. He has the best weapons he's probably ever had offensively. It's probably the best defense he's ever had to work with. 
Is there any sliver of hope in this fantasy land that Baker Mayfield can lead the Tampa Bay Bucks to the NFC South title? Your brain just went to Baker cooking at Arrowhead a few years back with the potential to beat the Chiefs. Is that where your brain is going? I'm just saying there he he had moments. There's a sure. reason he was a number one pick. If they can scheme it up right with the weapons, with Evans and Godwin, they drafted Trey Palmer. They have the, the second-year tight end, Otten. Like, they have some Stop. options for Stop. him to do something. The division's Stop. horrible. <laughs> Y'all the, are crazy. The defense has got players, man. Defense has some players. Of course it does. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't disagree. It's just – with Baker Mayfield, when you watch him, the problem is just it's an accuracy thing. He actually doesn't really commit a ton mm -hmm. of turnover the plays. He, they're backbreaking at times, but he doesn't commit a ton of them. He like he'll generally take care of it. It's just that the ball is all over the place, and and I just wonder like I just what's the upside? Because I agree with you. You go back to what was that? It was 2020. He was awesome. He yeah. was brilliant. 30 touchdowns, nine interceptions. I thought great. they had their guy. He just doesn't like fans in the stands. Yeah. I think that's the issue. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I was in the stands. There might not. So there might not be any in Tampa Bay this year. Remember the rate AO remember the Raiders needed it. It was so late in the year. Oh, yeah. I was there with, with Millie Lombardi. We had a great time and I'm sitting there watching the game and like, that was the perfect setup. I know this sounds crazy, but hear me out. That was the perfect setup for Baker because he didn't have to think he was an extension of McVay. McVay was literally, I was watching it. McVay was saying like, then do this, then do this. Like, don't think Baker Baker got off the plane 10 hours later. He was standing at SoFi and playing in the game. Like that's what Baker needs. Once Baker starts thinking and starts feeling himself like being named QB one. And there's a whole season ahead of him. That's when Baker starts becoming Baker, but Baker thrown into a situation with nothing to lose with McVay, essentially puppeteering him was the perfect spot for him. And he played not good. He played great in that game. I just think eight to one in the worst division out there where Derek Carr is leading the team. That's the, the biggest favorite Desmond Ritter is the second shot on the board. And then you have the number one overall pick in Bryce young, who by the way is running for his life in the preseason. I don't think it's totally insane, but that by the way, they could be sub 500 and still win this division, but so back, but back to JVT's point, it is so specific. It's the sport. It's the sport. It's so specific. You have to find that quarterback. Why not at least figure out why did you use the capital on Trask? Mm -hmm. And to your point, I don't think they're pulling the okie doke. Trask is too good. Right. We need to get a high draft pick, but I do like your angle. It, you have to find out what you have. Like we know what we have with Baker. It is. It's a perplexing decision in my, in my, estimation here, Jonathan, but we're talking about this. I think Dustin's talking himself into the and Atlanta Falcons winning the him. NFC South. Like <laughs> no, like no, no, that's Tampa exactly Bay. what we're talking about here. No, I, I think Tampa Bay is better than the Atlanta Falcons. Actually, Stop it. now that I look at the roster, I think there's a chance this team sweeps I, Atlanta in the regular season. I think they're, I think Atlanta is much better with its skill positions on offense. And I think Tampa Bay is better with its, with this, uh, with its players on. Defense. I mean, if Atlanta and can I control the clock in the triple option with Desmond Ritter and he only throws it option. three times, they got a chance. I think Atlanta, I think, well, could we get a consensus here? I think a little bit more progressively coached. Yeah, yeah a little, probably bit, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> probably just a tad. Yeah. So wait, let's think about it this way. Do we have, we don't have a QB one in Houston yet officially where else what are we missing we do tampa is settled um we've settled washington are we thinking like houston needs to be named right bryce young's been named carolina what are we missing colts richardson e anything bryce bryce young was named 
I think I think that, we're all set. I think that's everyone. Well, no, Arizona, we don't know Colt McCoy or uh, – That's the assumption that yeah. Colt McCoy is going to be the guy, but there's nothing official. I think that's it. That's the last one. Yeah, I think we're set. It's it's just interesting when I saw it. It's not necessarily a shock that Baker's going to be the starter oh. down in Tampa. Seattle. Seattle. Geno Smith, it's not a lock. You know, you never know. Well, he's not going to start the <laughs> yeah, whole year, I can Drew tell Locke, you that. Yeah, I was going to say Drew Locke might be pushing him. It's just interesting that Trask, who I clowned, and as just a guy, Trask actually played great his last time out. And then Bulls turns around and names Baker the starter. So six and a half. What are they in division? It sounds like you're getting, to one. You're getting, you're to getting one. lathered up for the Bucks in division, big guy. Eight to one is a crazy. The division stinks. It's a horrible division. They're not that bad to be eight to one comparatively. Like plus 120. Do you understand? Derek Carr is one of the great losers of our generation. And I mean that. I, I'm saying that in a positive light. He is a great loser. Like, <laughs> I still think he's likable. I, I still believe he has a chance to win games. And he does nothing but lose. And lose epically in big moments. Yet his team that he's just joining is plus 120 to, to win the division. I mean, it's a little strong. I don't think Derek Carr's ever lost to a guy who was on a team for only 10 hours. So, Hey, remember yesterday when during the break you guys were teaching me about Jesus? Mm-hmm. Derek Carr would have better answers than the two of you. I can guarantee you that. Oh, I'll put my knowledge up against anybody. <laughs> well, you were a little off on God. I'm not going to lie. When we come back, betting contest, sharp money. to be sin, the Sports Betting Network. Who knew he didn't have a son? The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, legendary sports better. We talked about this. Billy Walters recently sat down with Brent Musburger to discuss his new book, Gambler Secrets from a Life at Risk, which is, can't wait to listen. Now for a time, yes, listen. Now for a limited time, you can get a copy of Billy Walters' new book when you become a VEASAN Pro annual subscriber. So this is pretty cool, a combination of Walters and VEASAN. Use the promo code VEASAN, uh, Billy, B-I-L-L-Y, when you sign up and you get a copy of the book and a subscription. Get an entire year, become a VEASAN Pro, but remember, use the promo code Billy, vcin.com slash subscribe. It's vcin.com slash subscribe. Jonathan Von Tobel, we're going to get to the Johnny model. I think that's what we're calling it. Dustin Swanson. Awesome. Wow. That's just literally like, it's not. like 90 seconds ago. I told you what it was called. Hold on. I wrote it down too. Uh, John, John Von model. There you go. What's interesting is, it, you know, uh, Kind of being raised there, you've heard about the. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Big guy? You've heard Johnny Mall reminds me of Johnny Cakes from Sopranos. All right. Well, the the mythic uh, character that is Billy Walters. What's fascinating, Jonathan, is a person that you've heard you know a, a million times growing up in sports betting. It's he he was so covert and he kept undercover for his whole entire career. As a matter of fact, he was brilliant at it. He was brilliant at getting down when others couldn't. And kind of keeping this low-key, um, covert lifestyle, and now writing books, giving interviews, like he's all right. over the place. It's just a flip as far as his the perception of what he is. Yeah, and so I'm trying to find the name of it. I actually, you know, it might be on my phone. So a couple of years back, I read a. Uh, I don't know if you guys did you read the book or listen to the book, maybe of the runner, of like one of the old the smart runners. money. We, there we go. Oh, the yeah. smart money. We, yeah. I, the smart I actually, money. I emailed yep. the author this week. I haven't heard back yet. So that Michael was, Koenig. There you go. So it's that was one of the book. like insights, right? Into what it was like, but just from an outsider's essentially perspective. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, straight from the horse's mouth, essentially uh, what the life was like in, in other things. So no, I think it'll be a really fascinating read having already gotten that perspective on it. And now getting, now getting this one is going to be pretty interesting. It, in an industry or vocation where, universal agreement is impossible, Jonathan, specifically with so many egos involved. Have you, like, there's never been anybody that you've come across and you've, this is what you've done your whole entire life that didn't say he's the goat, right? Like everybody just, it's, he stands over here. It's almost, I don't know if it's Ivy like, you know, cause poker changes so much, but Ivy and Walters in their respective vocations, poker, and then sports betting. And it's almost like they're untouchable. Yeah, I mean, and I, w- I would think too, given sports betting, like especially now that you know Passivo struck down however many years ago, it's fledgling state. Like that's it's a big reason why, right? Like he's one of the he is the like the original top guy, and so I think at this point right now, since we're in such a a new portion of sports betting's life, and now that it's expanding around the country, I think that's why he holds that place. Like he's going to be one of the originals and the original, I think for, for the rest of time, as long as, you know, society is a thing and that sports betting is a thing because of where sports betting was before past public struck down and where we're at now. So I was so into just the inner workings of sports betters when I was coming up that back in the day, this must've been 2001, 2002, when the smart money was released, which is a book by Michael Koenig. We're trying to get him on sharp money. I think you guys would enjoy it. When I met Dustin, Dustin was into fantasy. He did a ton of DFS sweats, but he wanted to get into sports betting. And I think the first thing I said is just listen to this book. 
because it's an alias used in the book for Billy Walters. Yep. But those that were on the message boards, like I'm sure Jonathan, when you were growing up and myself, like you knew that it was Billy Walters he was talking about in the book. And this dude, Koenig, who's the author of The Smart Money, was a runner for Billy Walters Computer Group. Yep. And it's just fascinating. Like it's, it's a little watered down now because we work in it and you hear so many stories that are applicable but when i first listened to that book i should say it was amazing well and, and also note uh, we can ask Vinny about this it's him yeah so Vinny's in the book it is. uh richie bachelary who actually second yep. second show in a row uh, he's in the book i think there's one more name that i can't remember that's in the book as well obviously there are different names and whatnot but bachelary i think is the pencil is what yeah. he's called in there because yep, bachelary still always has the pencil and but i can't remember what Vinny is but because it's a time the gentleman and, it's yes a, yeah. it's a time and place thing too like the the, the way the information is now to, to bet on on sports is so different than it was then he was so ahead of all of the bookmakers he knew information they didn't know and the thing i'm most curious about i can't remember if they revealed it in the book but Koenig was running for him for like you know a few seasons yes but he had other guys running all we don't know how many other runners there were even going to the same nor did the other runners to place this he had people everywhere and remember there was one moment in the book where he kind of he was so cool, calm, and collected. Billy Walters, the character Tex or whatever his mm. name was, but there Rick was a moment. Big Daddy Matthews. Yeah, that's what big, it was. That's exact great job. And there was a moment where Koenig got down on a bet after the line moved, just like a half point, and he was not happy about yep. it. And it was the only time he lost his cool, and he was just like, "Well, he but had, that's he what was so is. fastidious. He was so fastidious. What you take from it, and this is a good kind of parallel for any industry, but specifically sports betting, Jonathan." is just the fastidious nature of Billy Walters, meaning he was so specific to Dustin's point when he bet, I don't know, maybe it was a thousand dollars more at a half. Uh, it was like, it's almost like it ruined Billy Walters day because at the margin is so tight and so small to win that he was just so principled. It, it's fascinating. We're, hey, Koenig, if you can hear this, we're trying to get you on the show to talk about Billy Walters. And of course the book is Gambler Secrets from a Life at Risk. Just fast. I can't wait to listen. A yeah. dude that grew up with no money in Louisville, Kentucky, I believe it was, that ends up moving out to Vegas and becoming the greatest better. And ve very philanthropic. Hopefully that comes across in the book. Ve very, very good with the needy. So we shall see. Are you guys going to read it? You think we have to, right? I'm going to listen to it. I don't read. I'll read it. Uh, since so, you guys are going to cop out and listen to it, I'll read it. No, no, I'll turn def I'm definitely going to listen. No, no, I'm, we're, I'm literally uh, going to download. Well, who's reading it? I, that's why I asked. Who are you listening to when you when you? Probably him, right? No, Billy. Yeah, Billy right? Walters okay. read his own book. Okay, there you go. He's nice gonna, Southern draw. I was going to say I'm he's going to whisper to you as you lay in bed with your headphones. Yeah, no, it, it wouldn't Take work. It easy. It, it, <laughs> it, would, it wouldn't work if it was like another person's voice reading it. It's got to be Billy, right? Like, so the computer group modeled. And what we're talking about is computer models and trying to come up with a system. I give Jonathan Von Tobel, I think you guys talked about this on the weekend on Saturday, a lot of credit. Because those that do model and those that come up with their own power ratings are generally pretty, I would say, reticent to share with others. Now, you're not going to give the inner workings, but let's talk about this because you're actually entering a big-time contest. And, Dustin, you've got a contest you're going to discuss. And as a show, we're going to enter 
Circa Survivor. Circa does a great job. But you're going to use the model that you've started building here for this forthcoming football season and just use the model to spit out the picks for your contest and not go any other way, correct? Yeah, so we, we've got actually got a lot of content planned around this. So uh, we're also we're going to do that. We're going to enter a contest to use uh, the five you know biggest edges, according to John Von Model. That's what we're calling it. Um, Love it. And um, use those for the contest selections. Every week, I think we're deciding Tuesdays or Wednesdays, Adam Burke, who's going to be here a little bit later, will give us the official day because he's now my boss on the website side. Uh, we're going to have a weekly journal on the model and the adjustments I'm making. So, no, it's going to be pretty open because, look, you know, you mentioned it. People are very standoffish when it comes to it, but they're also standoffish because, for the most part, you would think their models are very successful. This is totally a work in progress, and this is more about a journalistic endeavor just to see what that life is like, to, to see what a model's like, to see when it fails, to see what adjustments you make, and to get feedback from a lot of people as well into what I'm doing wrong and how you adjust it. So uh, I'm very forthright with what I'm doing and, and how I'm doing it what statistics I'm using, what the numbers will be. Uh, I'll have all the projections up every single week, but we're going to build a lot around this. But it's more of like a journalistic endeavor, Patrick, just to see, you know, what are these people doing on a week-to-week basis and what the process is like. And I, I, I like it. It's fun. It's fascinating. And uh, I had to learn Excel, but it's it's been a pretty cool thing. And I was, uh, you know, Dustin called me earlier today. I was still tinkering with it uh, earlier today. So uh, it's it's never going to end for the most part. Well, journalistic endeavor, both literally and figuratively, because it sounds like at VEASAN.com, there's going to be a journal yep. that you're going, we can follow along is what I'm saying, which is pretty cool. That's a great idea. Are you going to call that who, John who Von can't, Journal? Who can't, yeah. No. John Von, John Von Journal. And so you're going to use it for the big contest. And then the big guy was telling me, you just entered another contest. Yeah, I entered one. Um, I went over and joined the Stations Casino Last Man Standing. Ooh, let's do it. Are you in it? It's college and pro every oh, year. I'm Let's only in it. the college. Bucks. I, I don't yep. care about the NFL one. I, I'm I'm college all the way. And so you basically get you could pay per entry. You get one for free. If you pay for four, they're like twenty five a pop. Mm-hmm. I pay I paid for or yeah, something like that. hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. hundred bucks for five. Yeah, hundred bucks for five. Yep. Yeah, that's what they do. So basically if the the bet wins in the first week, it moves on to the next week and so on and so on. But if you lose, it's eliminated and gone forever. I have five entries and I look forward to winning $100,000. So the cool part about that contest really quick <laughs> is that a lot of the times, especially like they'll release the lines on like Wednesday. So if you really want, you can just go stay a line hunting the whole time and, and play like a lot of lines that have moved like, you know, two or three points, whatever it is. So it, it is it's, fun in that regard. Because the, t- the, the tickets aren't due until the kickoff of the first game that yep. you are betting. Just as an aside, may I ask whose idea it was to do this on the website? Because that's brilliant. The jur- the John Von. Model. I think it was between me and Adam. I think I came up with it. It was uh, like the original thing. So, yeah. And we're going to spin it off that's into great. an NBA player model that I'm building as well that will track throughout NBA season. Oh, it's brilliant. You're building a brand, my friend. I love it. Speaking of contest betting, Chris Farley finished fifth in 2021 Circa Millions. He's going to give some strategy next. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.